Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. Thanks for tuning in. It's the middle of September, and I'm checking in here with James Ross. How you doing? I'm buddy? great, man. It's, uh, yeah, I love this time of year. It is just, ex- it's so hot. So hot. It's still it's so hot. hot. It's still yeah. so sweaty. Everything sweats when you go outside. It's just nasty. But, hey, there's great and exciting things happening here at Church on Bayshore. I know. Uh, we yeah. wrapped up the intergenerational series. We kicked off our new series back in the book of Mark, and that is super. I just, yeah, it's just good. This past Sunday was just, was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's good to be back. It was a sweet Sunday, you know. Uh, I, hopefully, uh, not a ton of you did, but uh, some of you uh, joined us for uh, just praying yeah. over offices and writing scripture in there. And we're yeah. excited hey, about I, that. It's funny, as we're writing on the walls, I was like, hey, we've been singing about this in worship, you know, Ooh, write it on the write walls. It on the wall. So we just, I just wrote the name Jesus everywhere because that's Ooh. what we sang. So, uh, <laughs> but Chris, yeah. Just, Christy actually wrote, Ask for Me in My House and circled it a bunch so that I remember to come like to not be in the office all the time. Oh, you know? that's like, funny. It's I'm so funny, kidding. you know, she referencing the as for me and the sign thing, you know, you yeah, talk about yeah. all the signs. So we have friends who are new to church and they, uh, it was just funny because they have that sign up in their house. But I was like, they're like, so we need to take it down. Make it. So I was like, well, no, you guys actually like mean it and yeah. you actually do serve. I know. Yeah, my point <laughs> was, was really not to funny. take a sign down. <laughs> that's right. Granted, my kids have been pointing out, my one of my kids had this like pillow. At, uh, we stayed at a cabin in the mountains a couple of weeks ago my parents and it said, bless, bless this home. They're like, you need to make fun of this. I'm like, that's fine. Like, bless their home. It's not everyone. <laughs> like, we don't have to deconstruct all art now. It didn't now, say bless you know. our home as we live, laugh, love. Yeah, no. right. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, uh, but... Uh, is it yeah. crazy that there are churches that that's literally like the sermon points, like live, yeah, laugh, live, love? No, laugh, for real, like progressive God, mainline yeah, yeah. denomination. That just, is it. Yeah, it is pretty sad. But yeah. yeah, so it's, I mean, there's a lot going on here, though. Um, I'm wearing this really cool uh, shirt uh, for those of you who are listening but not watching with a giant plus one. Don't you want to ask me why I'm wearing this giant plus one on my shirt, James? Why are you wearing a plus one on your shirt, Justin? Because it represents one more child. Oh, one more okay. child, Florida Baptist Children's Homes. Uh, we are in the middle of a diaper drive here to support. Uh, area foster families, uh, adoptive families, and the ministry of one new, more child. New, not used diapers. Yes, we want new, in the box, in the package, still sealed uh, diapers. Uh, and those are used uh, in our area community around the state and across uh, the world uh, through One More Child and their ministry. Um, it's an incredible organization. Check it out, onemorechild.org. Uh, I am uh, privileged to be on the board for One More Child and to see a lot of the things that they do beyond foster care adoption in terms of anti-trafficking, child hunger, uh, family restoration, single moms programs. It's pretty amazing. So check Funny it out. Funny story about the diaper drive. Yes. At my previous church, we did the diaper drive and I had like a ton of diapers for the size of the church, especially. And there were adult diapers in oh, there. For One More Child. <laughs> for the One More Child thing. <laughs> But then there actually ended up being like a sweet story behind it. But I was still like, oh, there are adult diapers in here. Yeah, this going, yeah, that going we were, here? The, yeah, the, the aim was for families with children. But hey, yeah, yeah. there is a need for those because there is. Yes, and, yes. Uh, that, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, so hey, let's, uh, anything else we need to talk about before we dive in? I don't think so, man. All right. So today uh, we are talking about the hot topic. We had a hot topic. We got some questions and we got a little game to wrap it up. So hot topic is uh, something that was uh, kind of mentioned uh, throughout our intergenerational series. And Alec Ammons, our student minister, actually talked about it. And it was, I think, great that he talked about it because he's the young guy, the student minister. 
minister, and that is this tension of churches uh, really diving in deep uh, in discipleship versus the entertaining mm-hmm. uh, model uh, of ministry. So mm-hmm. we want to talk about that and really um, the tension of those two things, because it's easy to be like, we should do one or the other, and churches do a lot, just do one or the other. And there is, a, I think, attention to manage, if you will, in the bogginess of this. So let's dive into that. Opening yeah. thoughts. Well, I, I'll start with the most important thought because some of you will trail off as we talk about this. And that is really what matters most is faithfulness to doctrine, you yeah. know, faithfulness to scripture. Uh, when I say doctrine, I don't mean like a certain denomination's d- doctrinal statement, but like the scripture as authority. And I, and I would really say like, if the scripture isn't the authority, mm-hmm. you know, that's really not a church we should be a part of. I realize there are some like there are some liberties in application of the scripture, but at the end of the day, you know, are we are we are we guided by God and His Word for us and for our church, or are we guided by something else? I think there's a lot of freedom Mm -hmm. in how we do church, um, as long as we are really making sure that it's it's trying to do church. Yeah, (laughs) that we're trying to do what God has called us to do. Exactly, and I think what happens a lot of times is you get churches who say, "Yeah, the word should guide us," and then over time, like as the word is guiding, and they get so. caught up in this is we just they get so i guess laser focused and, and but myopically like it's just so to the detriment of actually engaging people with the truth right uh and helping people see but that, that but yeah go ahead that is not what faithfulness we're talk- to scripture exactly no, that, that's the point exactly. that's the argument and that's not faithfulness to scripture either and then the reaction to that is well we want to make it engaging right so that's those those are the broad ends of the spectrum the uh, other side is well, we we want to we want to be engaging and we want and so we will kind of like hide some of this truth that may be a little more offensive maybe a little harder to digest and just let's just get together and have fun and so those are two extremes and and we we're not really we're talking about is the the middle place where you do really have to take the faithfulness of the mm-hmm. doctrine and and help people see adults and students how this is applicable to their lives but more so how God's design for us is to you know line ourselves up with this word because that is where we flourish and that is you know his story of redemption and I think um I always go back to the the classical word for enter- the definition of the word entertain so the word, if you look at the, what the word entertainment means or to entertain, it means to hold someone's attention. So if you want to use that definition of should churches be entertaining? Well, yeah, because we should hold attention. Now, when you hear the word entertain, you don't think hold someone's attention. You think have fun. So we should be diligent about holding people's attention. And that's where we fail a lot. Yeah, I think I I agree with you in what you said, but I even don't like using the word middle because it makes it sound like we're centrist. And I think you yeah, and I both are yeah. more naturally centrist. So, you yeah, know, I, that's I, what you're saying. but, but I, th- I think it's the tension. I think it's, yeah, and, exactly. and I think in order to be faithful to the scripture, it's patience mm. and it's constantly being willing to evaluate. And I think that that's tough. Like that, that's, that's the labor of ministry and ministry is talked about as a labor mm-hmm. in the scripture. And so I think like it's easier to be like, Hey, we're faithful. And so we're not actually going to engage culture yeah, or to say, Hey, we're just going to do whatever engages culture. I just think that's easier. I don't mean effort wise, mm-hmm. but it's easier mentally <laughs> and spiritually, you know, but like the tough 
good place to be is saying, hey, God is God's word transforms. So we should be like the scripture should be for to use your word entertaining in the sense that people want to hear yes. it and want to apply it. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge for and the compromise a lot of ministers make is specifically in our context is so many people actually aren't engaged with the word. I mean, right. I, 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 in our personal family conversation, like as we read the Bible together, one thing that I constantly am saying to my kids, like, you know, cause we listen to the scripture together is like, and they don't pay attention sometimes. And I'm just like, guys, like, Hey, come back. Come back. Yeah. This like, is, this is life. God's word. Yeah. Like this is God's word. Like, yeah. And there's parts of that are like age developmentally appropriate, yeah, but also right. you still have to be like, but you, but you're crafting that hunger and that, awe and reverence for the word in them. Right. I like, they should be aware that they get bored listening to the Bible for five minutes. Yeah. Like I, and I, I don't believe we move on like, but just, mm-hmm. Hey, this is God's word and you're not paying attention. So then take that to like the church and, and it's, it's disturbing that just focusing on the scriptures in biblical community and applying it to our life really isn't enough for people like mm. that we have to have like a certain music style that we yes. have to have a certain, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I think we do all those things with who are our people. Right. But what we've started doing as the church is instead of saying, Hey, we're doing this. That is reflective of who we are. We've started saying, we're doing this as reflective of like, <laughs> yeah. like a place we're not, you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, I think what you're saying is so, is so true. And I think part of what is complicates this issue for leaders and churches is that we, uh, as, we constantly reward like numbers and yeah, growth. Right, and you say right. this a lot in staff and we say this is a church, this numbers don't start a conversation. They they don't they, end, a they conversation. end a conversation. They start a conversation. Let yeah. me get that right. Yeah. But and so what happens, and you can trace this back, is that there's always something in culture that will work to draw a crowd. Right. And churches employ that and draw a car a crowd. And so we say that. That's what we should do. And then we're like, it's working, it's working, it's working. And it's usually not until later down the road yeah. that we realize it didn't work. And that's happened, you know, with, I mean, every decade, there's, there's some new trend. And, you know, I think using modern worship music as as an illustration of this. I mean, there was a time where, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, I mean, all you had to do to make your church just grow explosively was give a guy a guitar. Like, and that was it. You know, and seven words that yeah, he could say eleven times. Seven words, times. eleven times, and people were like, and then people were like, "Well, this is working. Let's go." And and then there is this pendulum swing back and forth and back and forth. And what we realize is all of these pragmatic things are not the end. They mm-hmm. should be a means to the end. And the end is that we're growing as disciples. And if the target is growth, like numerically, then the target probably is not growth as disciples. And yeah. I think that's the tension that because then that growth gets rewarded and numbers get rewarded. And that's what gets your church, you know, uh, excited about things. And so we, it's attention to manage because again, we should be inter- holding people's attention. We should be engaging, but what is the goal? Yeah, that- no, great, great point. You know, I, and I think part of what you're even saying is we're speaking from a church our size because like holding people's attention, if you're in a smaller community, like that doesn't mean what it means for us. And so I don't think... It's that we have to be holding people's attention, but I think it's that we have to recognize as leaders who's there and are we communicating the word mm-hmm. and facilitating Helping connection them. in a way yeah. uh, that moves the most amount of people in the direction of Christ likeness. Mm-hmm. I think the old, 
ultimate question or issue is that we have to have honest conversations about fruit. Yeah. Because Jesus talks a lot about fruit of the gospel, fruit of the word. Paul talks a lot about that. And I just don't think a lot of times in our modern relative society that we're willing to have those conversations. And so what I would say is like, if we had 20 people profess faith in Jesus Christ at VBS, like, are those kids really grasping the gospel and are they really applying it? If your church baptized 50 people at the ocean, you know, three weeks ago or sorry, sorry, a year ago, where are those people now? Like, Mm -hmm. I think we have to be willing to have those kind of conversations. One of my friends, Bob Roberts says, Every church should be asking two questions. How are we making disciples and what What, kind of disciples are we making? And I think that is a, that is a very tough question to answer. Mm -hmm. It involves knowing your people. It involves knowing the context and it involves taking an honest look at how we're airing in these things. Well, you have to know people. You can't just be (laughs) like, wow, well, we have all these people and you actually have to know them and know where they're going, know what's going on. And, and like you said, honestly, honestly evaluating fruit. And I think that's where uh, it gets tricky and it gets hard. And I think um, I'm thankful for a few weeks ago, uh, Alec Ammons, our student minister, when he said this, it was great coming from him because, you know, everyone thinks of student ministry, uh, hey, they're the ones just having fun. And he talked about like, it's not just about entertaining students that they can handle the hard stuff. Uh, you know, as we have teenagers in our home and you do too, it's like they do, like they want to know and they're not, they want to know answers to hard questions and they're asking hard questions and they want to understand. And I think we do a disservice when we assume uh, our students and adults just right. want to be entertained. Yeah. Uh, and they, they're, I think even culturally now we're seeing people uh, who are just hungry for the word and they're hungry to see and understand um their role, like their how it how it how their lives fit into the story of scripture and yeah. the story of redemption. So, so let's talk about uh, some practical things. Like, how do we manage this tension in our church? Well, I think the biggest and most important thing um, is as leaders, and so. There are more than us who are leaders. I would say anybody who's committed in our church is probably a leader in some sense. Um, is we we avoid the counter narrative conversation mm. and we stick to the meta narrative. Like it's not about hymns or contemporary music. It's not about this children's ministry program or this children's ministry program. It's about the meta narrative of being disciples of Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. I think that that is. You can, I mean, Paul talks about like, it's a fight. It's not something you can let your guard down about in our personal life and in the church. I mean, he appoints elders to ensure that we're not believing in a false gospel. And so I think like we have to be aware that tension will never go away and focus on the meta narrative of being Jesus people. Yes. And so as it's, that's, that's the big vision of it. And then in that, in the conversations is we're evaluating things. One, you know, as we're planning services, we're, you know, we're not like, what's the, how do we just take a topic and fit the word around a topic We're we're going through scripture so that people are growing as disciples of the word and seeing, you know, as we're going through the, you know, the book of Mark, it's taken us how long to go through a book, but why, why is that important? Well, because we want people to understand the word. Our life groups are centered around the word. Um, and then as we evaluate things, as we evaluate events. So yeah, we do events uh, that will draw a crowd so that we can develop relationships with people, but that's the goal. It's not just to, you know, if we have fall festival coming up in just a few weeks. So the goal of fall festival isn't just to entertain our kids on campus, but it's to invite the community onto campus so we can develop relationships, meet people, and just make that first initial contact. So there's always a goal. It's not just entertainment. 
Yeah, there's so much to say there yeah. too. I do think going, you know, through books of the Bible, uh, you know, it's not what you teach, it's what you emphasize. So I was listening to a local church not too long ago do a series on uh, stuff and um, just to keep it vague. And they, like nothing that was necessarily being said in this topical series they were doing was bad, but it was like, this is not emphasizing that God is the authority. Mm. It, it was emphasizing more like, hey, you have a need where you are look to God in that need. But then it was like constantly like see God through the filter of like what you need, not, and not, not recognizing the greatest need is the gospel. The greatest need is just trust in him. Mm -hmm. And so, so, and maybe, maybe the group who came up with that idea of doing that does think that, but it's not what's being emphasized. And in the end of the day, it's creating disciples, not who look to God's word, but disciples who rely on themselves. Yeah. Your own wisdom, your own strength, your own power, and God, give me what I need to make it through. And rather than God, like, what are you doing and how do I get involved in what you're doing? Transform me. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I just think it, it always is evolving kind of what that air is. We live in a, in a, a, a culture that highly values, uh, modern therapeutic mm. philosophies and psychology, which are shifting constantly. Mm-hmm. And I do think that for a lot of people and even some churches now, the scripture has become like the lens of they see scripture through is modern psychology. Mm-hmm. And Rather than seeing we need, it, th- those things through the lens of the scriptures. Yes, exactly. So it doesn't mean those things are bad. It doesn't mean yeah. worship style mm-hmm. is bad. It doesn't, it just is the scripture, the filter through which we're seeing things through, you know? And so I would just say, yeah. constantly emphasize the Bible, constantly tie things back to the gospel, be loose about methodology, um, you know, but also don't be flippant about methodology. Right. It matters, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. honor that there are multiple people here. Uh, there should be a seriousness and a funness. Like it's a serious joy, I think, to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Any all those practicals? things. So I think it's just helpful. I think for, it's helpful for people to understand maybe a little bit of why we do things we oh, the way we do that or and why we are not always doing things the same way because we will evaluate and change some things and maybe also help understand like why we're not doing some things that other churches may be doing, which may be fine, but we just yeah. as leaders in this church and this body and what we believe God's called us to do just maybe aren't the, the best thing for us to do. I'm paraphrasing him, but I'll sum up what I think in this statement. My friend Dean and Sarah said, take God and his word seriously and don't take your, yourself seriously. Yeah, uh, and I think that's probably my yes. philosophy as a pastor. I've, I've, you know, it's so funny. I've said that about worship leadership yeah. too to other people as I'm helping them. I'm like, listen, what you do, this is so serious. This is so serious, but don't take yourself so seriously right. because you're gonna mess up and you're gonna like botch it and you're gonna plan really well and then it's not gonna work and then you're not gonna plan well and it is gonna work like god's gonna humble you in so many ways right. take it seriously but don't take yourself he's so had seriously. to work that in my life too i oh, think i was not uh, yes. here where i am 15 years ago yeah. by any means oh it was all and up i to still me. got a long way to go yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely well hey if you got any questions or follow-up or clarifications on anything that we just said hopefully it made some sense feel free to ask us some questions <laughs> and speaking of hopefully that's a big hope today uh, so oh, speaking of questions let's dive into a couple of questions that we have the first is this why do we use and teach from the ESV, the English Standard Version? You answer that, Justin. Well, that's a great question. Well, it gets into, you know, Bible translations and accuracy. So that uh, every Bible, so understand this, every Bible translation is translated with a different uh, 
I guess, motivation behind it. Some are meant to be paraphrases. Some are meant to be uh, kind of a thought-for-thought translation. Uh, When the ESV was translated, it was really translated with the idea that it would be as best as possible a word-for-word translation uh, that still people could understand. Uh, So if you take the original biblical languages, compare them to the original source documents that we have, the ESV tries its best in the translations. You know, these are not just translated by one people. They're translated by many, many, one person, (laughs) one people. Uh, It is one people, but not one person, a a group of people uh, who are trained, who've studied the languages, who've studied history, uh, and who can pull it all together. And really it is um, what we think is probably one of the best word for word. So if we're teaching from the scriptures, uh, we want to go back to what we best can in a language we understand, uh, lang- uh, wording that holds the true original meaning. Um, that isn't to say that other translations are invalid or less than. In fact, when I study, I read often several translations because it's helpful to understand. Um, but that is why we use the ESV. That's a pretty good answer. Yeah. I Remember, no English translation is inspired. Right. That yes. sounds shocking what? to hear. Right? I know. I mean, people act that way oftentimes. Yeah, it's the original Hebrew, the original text, the original Greek. So now what we're doing is we're going back as best we can to what those original texts were. Mm-hmm. And I could argue to explain how reliable what we have today is to the original text. And yeah, I think we as a church, as, as specifically in teaching, want to take the word for word as close as possible. And I would say NASB is probably the best in my opinion, but there's so many words that I'd have to explain Mm -hmm. that ESV just makes them a little more palatable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then, um, and then teach them. Now in personal reading, I understand why someone might go with the new living or might go with um, the NIV before they made their changes 10 years ago or something. Um, But, but in study, you know, I think ESV is probably the best for teaching. NASB is my personal reading. Yeah. So, so I, I think for me, it's like sometimes I'm reading the ESV and I grew up, uh, you know, most churches when I was growing up had switched to using the new international, the NIV. And and so a lot of this, uh, you know, from the KJV. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So it's like a lot of the scripture I memorize is memorized that way. And then there's there are times when I'm reading the ESV that I'm like, oh, that wording is weird or it's, and it, and it is Sometimes because it's just a different way. Uh, you know, another translation that is a newer translation that I think is similar mm-hmm. is the CSB, the mm-hmm. Christian Standard Bible, which I I haven't personally started using it, but I actually am, it's I want to get one. Uh, I've heard uh, from people that I trust that it's a great translation. So yeah. some people are using that, and some people, a lot of churches and Baptist churches have switched to te- to preaching from that too. They so, have, yeah, yeah. RSV is not bad either. So yeah, yeah. but um, if the king ain't on it, the king ain't in it, brother. <laughs> that's right. You know, and like I said, like. Paul walked around saying thou and thee and twine. <laughs> that's yeah, just, that's exactly you know, in, in 1600 years English, after he was alive in the king's english yeah, so yeah. uh yeah anything else to add to that nah, i think we're all good. right so let's ask this question uh why uh in a military town that is uh you know we have so many members of of this community and our church that our members are affiliated with the military why do we as a church not have a military ministry uh, yeah, we just don't care that much. <laughs> I'm no, just you unpatriotic, ungrateful, no, um, young punk. I, I think that ministry is, in the scripture, is the people doing the things that God has called us to do to the people who God has placed us around. And our church is 80% active or retired military. So um, 
if we, I mean, it, it just happened. So for us, there's not really a need to think about the military and their specific needs because we already thinking about that. I think churches create ministries for one of two reasons, back to the original mm-hmm. uh, hot topic. One is because it's a need that's being neglected. And so how do we then organize our body to take care of that need? So like we have a special needs ministry that mm-hmm. team because it's a need that not everybody's thinking about, not everybody deals with. How do we meet this right. need that God has brought, you know, 10 kids in our church? So that's number one. Number two, people do it for good PR. And right. I do think there are some churches in our area, I'm not saying all, that do it for good PR. It looks good. Because yeah. it looks good, you know, in a military community. But for us, again, <coughs> if there's a deployed spouse, the life group is going to be the means mm-hmm. they do that. Now, there are sometimes the needs that arise related to military where we would involve our deacons and our greater body. Uh, but again, it's just because it is already naturally happening in the church. I don't know if you want to add anything to yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, where where there are local churches, the local church should be looking out at the community, the people around them and saying, who's in our community and how do we reach them? And so it should just be a natural part. And you were saying this, it should just be a natural part of how we do ministry is that we're thinking there's a large portion of our community that are in the military. So how are we reaching them? But it needs to be integrated into the life of the church because that's the design of the church. You know, that, you know, a lot of churches will say, hey, we're going to start a, a life group and it's going to be all military yeah. people. Well, I get, I that seems very pragmatically wise. Like, right. okay, well, here's all these people right. who already have something in common. Let's put them in a group. Well, the problem is, is that can, and it, it's not just military, it's any, you know, identifier of, you know, how we live, like yeah. that can just be so isolating and insulated that, you know, I, th- I think that we need each other, you know, we need non-military families to, to support and, and, and vice versa. Yeah. And I think that can happen with any kind of, uh, you know, way we, as a, you know, whether it's a, it's why I would say like, even as a foster adoptive family, like we don't need a life group of just foster adoptive families because no, those families need to be in in part of the church and right. the church needs, needs them just like they need the church. Yeah. And so we need to be more integrated into uh, in just the full life of the church and the church is healthier when it's that way. What I have realized is when you create a group that is devoted towards foster adoptive parents or military or whatever it may be, what it tends to do is facilitate our identity being mm-hmm. in those things. Yeah, when our So really all yes, ministries, indeed. the church is eternal and the ministries are temporal. Yeah. And all ministries should be created with that mindset and ultimately with the idea of how can we get this ministry to go away because the church recognizes the needs here and is just naturally just taking care doing. of them. Yeah. yeah. Amen. So uh, if you are in the military, we love you and we hope that you're involved and uh, we want to serve you. And, we and want you're four you to... out of five people I know. Yeah, here, so. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's, isn't it funny when you are in a group and this, I know this happens to you. Uh, and then it's like, you know, and it's like mostly military and then they start talking in acronyms and you're just like, yeah, huh, good. Yeah. Dude, I, I am more in the minority. Not me. My, my son was telling me the other day that they were saying military kids are special in his class. And there was only two kids not in the military because we go to, <laughs> they go to Blue Water. That's right. Yeah. And, like and he every- kind of felt left out, you know, and I'm like, that that is an interesting dynamic here. You son, know? Your, your dad's in the Lord's army. Yeah, that's right. I said. <laughs> that's right. I may never. <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey, well, hey, uh, oh, we should have done time. that in cringe worship songs. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, hey, uh, I think that's all the time we have for questions. And speak, that's a great segue to the game okay. we're going to play here. So we're going to play a little game. I'm in charge of the game this week. And we are going to play a little game. Is this song lyric a worship song or a love song? Oh, my goodness. And uh, Yes, so, because we love Jesus. <laughs> because we love Jesus. Worship. So I'm going to read 
a lyric of a song. Okay. And James here is going to tell away. me, is that a worship song or is that a love song? Okay. So uh, we'll start, you know, for example, if I said sloppy wet kiss, you'd be like, oh, okay, well, that's a well-known worship song. So you'd say worship song. Yeah, so should we not go. be, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. So here we go. You may uh, underestimate my auditory learning skills. I, th- I, 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 no, I think you're going to be good at this. Okay. Um, it's just that some of these lyrics, when you actually say them out loud, yes. you're like, that's a song. Yeah, that's lyric. the, that's the added benefit of this game. Okay. All right. Here Worship we go. or love. Worship or love song. Uh, are we singing about God or are we singing about our high school girlfriend that it didn't work out? Okay. All <laughs> right. So my faith in you was fading. My faith in you was fading. Dot, dot, dot. Well, uh, I, I hope that's a worship song. Actually, <laughs> it is from Love Story by T. Swift. That's oh, Taylor wow. Swift. Yeah, that's, yeah, so that is a yeah. hard one. I, yeah. so we, we, I went, went no. full swing. There you go. T. Right. Swift is definitely, you, you kind of depre- disappointed. I didn't know that, right? What song is that? You got to tell story. me the song. Love Story. Love Story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which I, that is actually a great song. I think that's, that's probably one of the, the her she's first a great songs. writer. Oh yeah. That's probably one of her yeah. first songs that like made it big. And it's such a catchy tune and a great song. But you could easily turn, remember that I've talked before here, the Cartman episode of Seinfeld of uh, South park yeah. where he made all these love songs and just added God to them and yes, became a and CCM artist. He could, you could do that with that song. Definitely. Okay. okay. I want to feel your heartbeat. <laughs> that's probably a worship song, but it's, sh- should not be. <laughs> it is a worship song. That's um. Oh god. It's that song. The more I seek you, and then like this, I want to uh, sit at your feet, lean up against you, and breathe. I no. want to feel your heartbeat. Yeah. No. So oh, uh, there you go. Uh, Who's that by? Um, I don't know who originally wrote. It. I know okay. Carrie Job sang it a long time ago. Okay. I'm not sure yeah. exactly okay. who wrote it. Um. All right. Next is this. You're all I want. You're all I ever need. That sounds like Ace of Bass or somebody from the 90s. So I'm going uh, love song. You're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. It's actually uh, Michael W. Smith, worship song. <laughs> it is 90s. I the <laughs> yeah, it is right. 90s. Good, right decade. <laughs> oh, gosh. That does sound I'm like 0 for 3. You're thinking, all I'm... that she wants is another baby. That's Ace of Bass Oh, right yeah, there. yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. right. Yeah. All right. Uh, here we go. I don't know if I would do well in these just for the record. Well, so I'm 0 for 3. Some of these I would You'd do. you probably okay. do better than me. All right, here we go. The next is the colors of the morning are inside your eyes. Ooh, oh, that my is, gosh. That is poetic. That better be a love song. That is <laughs> no, no. Uh, but it, is that passion? No, it's, uh, it's actually a Phil Wickham song. And okay, if you heard the whole song, you'd be like, okay, it's it's a song called "You're Beautiful." It uh, is true. Is it, the colors of the morning are inside your eyes. Oh gosh. I see your face in every sunrise. So it's talking about okay. the beauty of God. Yeah. So yeah, Phil Wickham. Wow. All right, uh, I do love I love some I Phil know Wickham. You do. You do. Um, all right. So next is this. You're kind of tall to be a worship leader. Like big worship leaders are short. Did you yeah. go to like, they were thinking about <laughs> you were going to make it big. And, like, he just kept and they're like, you're too tall. He just kept growing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay, sorry. Nose is too big. You're not fat. Like growing. you can be big and fat, 
or <laughs> so you can bad. be short and small. <laughs> it's so true. Phil Wickham is very short. And yes. like Chris Tomlin is very But then Big Daddy short. Weave and, yeah, you know, Mercy Me and same, Casting same. Crowns. Big guys, yeah. 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 You just, sorry, buddy. No, no too, scarecrows. I'm leading too, worship. They don't need Gumby up there. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Didn't Billy Grimes call you Gumby-like whenever you started <laughs> leading worship? <laughs> Probably so. Okay. He's called me other funny okay. names, Okay, we'll move too. on. We'll move right. on. Um, it's getting boggy. Oh, goodness. This one this is funny. <laughs> okay. As I feel your touch. <laughs> I can't even say it. It's a worship song. As, as I feel your touch, you bring a freedom to all that's within. It's a worship song, isn't it? That is a worship song. Oh my gosh, song. I got one right. There you go. Ding, That's ding, ding, so ding, ding. bad. Oh man. Uh, I just. Why I can't... don't men want to be a part of the church? I don't <laughs> know. Because they have to sing. As I feel freedom. your touch, I get a freedom. Okay, sorry. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Next up is this. Um, my love is alive, weighed down in my heart. My love is alive way down in my heart. I'm going to go with a love song. That is a love song. Man, I'm on my a roll now. My love is alive way down in my heart. It's Ain't No Mountain High. Oh, okay. All right, there okay. you go. Okay. But what? Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Next is this. Um, my first, my last, my everything, and the answer to all my dreams. Better be a love song. No. Don't it tell is me. a love okay, song. Okay, okay. <laughs> <Woo. laughs> he's about my to flip first, over this table if that was a worst. It does sound like a worship everything. song. You're my first, my last, my everything. I'm making up this tune. Is that the song that they sing about Furtick at Elevation Church? <laughs> he walks in the room. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> the answer to all my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, next is this. Your fragrance is intoxicating in our secret place. That's worship. That's in my in the secret. Yeah, right? there the you quiet. go. The secret yeah. place kind of gave that away, but yeah, your, yeah. your fragrance is it? That's a Daryl Evans. Your love is extravagant. Also, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, right. this is why. Like, I'm I'm now like five in a row. Yeah. I think I got right. So th this is why I think because that came from the '90s. The '90s just produced all kinds of terrible worship songs. Yes, but because they were new, people were like, "Yeah." And so that's why I think people now just have a hard time with modern worship because they still think that's well. But some of it is like that's modern. true. That's but, good. Um, all right. Next is, and I'll love you for a thousand more. Is that like Vanessa Carlton or whatever? A thousand miles. Or oh, that's that's I'm a going good guess. love song. It I'm is a love, love song, song, but it's called "A Thousand Years" by Christina Perry. Oh, okay. All right. I love you for a thousand more. All right. And I've heard that song. I just don't know. Yeah. Um, come sweep me up in your <laughs> love again. Just by the tone in your voice, I know it's a worship song. <laughs> Okay. And again, what is he? Better. What? That is, I touch, yeah, sweep me up in your love again. Da, 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 da. Who is that by? It's a uh, um, Touch the Sky. It's a hill song. It's a uh, Okay. Hey, can I, can I get a serious note for a second? If you're an older member of our church who prefers traditional music and is wary of contemporary music, I just want to point out Justin does not do these songs. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> praise Jesus for that. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, you ready? He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet, the birds hush their singing. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to go with worship song. 
It is. It okay. is. Because that was somebody's going straight to hell if they wrote that about somebody besides God. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's from an old hymn in the garden. Okay. He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet. The birds hush their singing. Okay, good. But it does sound like it's a lovish song. So look at this hot streak so, I'm on, that's, man. You're, you're rolling. All right. So the next is the only thing that matters now is what you think of me. Mm, that's a love song. No. Oh, gosh. That is Lauren Daigle, you say. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, when you think, then you yeah, think that's of Yeah, that's actually context. good. That's a fine that's lyric. That's a good worship. I, I think that is a, but it is. It's one of those like isolated context matters because in mm -hmm. the scope of that song, you say and it's who we are. All right. That would be, bring that full circle. That is true as God's people, but what he thinks of us is we should be reaching people. Like yeah. we should be engaging people. Okay. Sorry. All right. All right. Here we go. Last one. We're going to go that's out with a great with song, a bang by the way. Right here. That Lauren Daigle song. It is a good song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So not all these are from bad songs. No, no. So here we go. Going to go out on a burner. So take me as you find me. Take me as you find me? I mean, both, probably. <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah. is. But it is taken from. Now, this is, this is a great song, uh, except for that line, uh, <laughs> I think. It's, it's a worship song. That is, my Savior, he can move them out. So take me as you find me. All my Better not fears change me at all. <laughs> That's right, exactly. All my fears and failures. Fill my life again. That's so there good. you go. All right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's lighthearted. It's fun. That was and, fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think I think you ended up above 500. So good I think job. so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought you would be pretty good at that because, you know, you you are auditory. So you hear things and you remember things. I actually didn't know hardly I hear things any of those and things, immediately forget them. Some so. of them were just so ridiculous that I knew they were worship <laughs> it's songs. It's hard not to laugh through some of them. Like, yeah. <laughs> that helped too. You being like... <laughs> Is this a <laughs> <laughs> the, the touchy one? I mean, like, you're gonna know. Like, you're just gonna know. <laughs> Great time. All right. So, hey, thanks for tuning in. Hey, if you've got questions, we want to try to answer them. So, please send us a message. Let us know if there's something going on in culture, something going on in the church, just something going on. A question you've heard from someone at work or your kids, and you were just like, hey, I need some help answering this or knowing how to approach it. We would love to hear from you. Send us a message. Uh, and beyond that, hey, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.